Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Bible study night, so you're going to need a Bible. And since we don't have a visual a projector, uh, we're especially going to need your Bible tonight because we always need the Bible. So let's uh, grab a Bible. We're looking at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we're so happy to have you tonight. Glad you're here. The Lord has been good. Has God been good to you? He's taken us through uh, valleys and trials. He's kept us through them all. Uh, I'd like to read from the Lord's Prayer tonight, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. If you have it there, we'll just be standing another moment, but if we could just read this before we're seated. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's, we're going to stop there, but let's read it one more time because we know the final ending for thine is the kingdom and so forth. But we're going to look at just the first part one more time. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Everyone said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Someone, uh, the, several people were contacting me a few months ago when the Pope uh, made the statement that he was troubled by this scripture saying, lead us not into temptation. And was thinking of changing it, finding a way to change it because of the implication in the translation that God would lead us into evil in some way which, of course, is not true. How, how many knows that God does not tempt us with evil? No, he doesn't tempt us with evil. But he, uh, he can keep us from temptation and deliver us from evil, and that's the title tonight of our message, Deliver Us From Evil. Can you say that with me? Deliver Us From Evil. Could we put our Bibles down and let's pray together right now. Let's ask the Lord to meet every need and to speak to our hearts through his word. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of the Lord. We ask God that you will have your way and that you will move in a special way in our hearts right now. And we give you praise for it. Lord, touch every life. Lord, you're the healer of our bodies and you're able to give strength. Lord, those that are not able to be here, we have way too many people tonight, Lord, that are battling sickness. We need victory in Jesus' name, and we give you praise. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Now, you may be seated. Keep your Bibles close. Now, sometimes evil means something like calamity, so deliver us from calamity or bad things, which those things can be referred to as evil as well. But we also know that there is a very real danger of evil if uh, <clears throat> there were someone like Hitler or some... Uh, someone bound by drugs, that's a true evil. Something that maybe someone abducting, uh, let me look around here. Um, someone that would abduct a child, let's say, from a mall, that's true and bitter, deep evil. So there's a spectrum of evil, in other words. Something we might think of, Lord, deliver us from uh, the uh, calamity that might come my way. And that's, that is also part of the prayer. But the prayer is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, if you have your Bibles, now here's what we're going to do. Uh, let's try to do this. I know that it's not fun and some of you get weary. And I, this is not my normal style. I, I pr much prefer to, uh, to, to use an overhead and so on. But <clears throat> I want you to get your Bibles and we're going to look at several scriptures. And in just a moment, we're going to begin a little journey through the Psalms on how to, uh, how to be delivered from evil, how to be victorious over evil with love at the, at the center of what you're doing. In other words, you don't become victorious over evil because you become evil, but love overcomes evil. Everyone say praise the Lord. So in other words, how to do it like Jesus did. Isaiah 54 and 17. I'm going to read a scripture now. Uh, so if you want to, uh, and then I'm going to go to Romans 8. 
All right? See, I couldn't even give you a list of scriptures because you wouldn't be able to follow them because I have no way to show them to you. All right, so uh, Isaiah 54 and 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall what? Prosper or shall succeed. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Does anybody believe that tonight? That there is nothing that will prosper. Of course, Isaiah 54 is the prophecy of the future glory of Israel. So Isaiah 54 is about Israel and the fact that no matter what people try to do against Israel, God is going to protect them. Does anybody believe the Bible tonight? God is going to protect Israel. Now, Romans chapter 8 and verse 27, and I'm beginning in the middle of chapter uh, verse 27, the middle of chapter uh, Romans 8, the middle of chapter verse 27. I'm going to read verse 28. He maketh intercession. That is the spirit. Everyone say praise the Lord. Romans 8, 27. He maketh intercession for what? Anybody there? Okay, I know that you may not want to turn to every scripture, but he maketh intercession for what? The saints, the spirit makes intercession for the saints. And we know that all things work together for what? For good. Praise God. Everyone say all things work together for good. Now, how many knows that you're baptized? Everybody, anybody awake? You're baptized for the remission of sins. Everybody say for it was the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. So what we're looking at here is the, the, the Greek word happens to be pronounced ice. And I've talked about it many times. It's used about 3,000 times in the New Testament. It has several meanings. In fact, one of my favorite things to do is to show how many pages in a lexicon it takes to give the meaning of the word ice from the Greek. Because it can mean so many different things in different contexts in different ways. But the one thing it can never mean is because. You don't get baptized because your sins were remitted. In other words, I'm saved, so I guess I'll get baptized. No, no, no. You get baptized for the remission. Anybody following me here? And so he says here, we know that all things work together what? For good. And in other words, this the meaning carries across in every one of the scriptures that I've mentioned, even though it's used 3000 times in different ways that it in this context, it means there's a purpose for the purpose of good. So all things work together, no matter what it is. God is able to do the miracle that brings about good, even in the midst of evil. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of you have been wondering why you're facing what you're facing. Well, God is able to work all things. Everybody say all things. All things work together for good in order to bring about good or for the purpose of good to them that love God. Does anybody here love God? Praise God. Now, let's go on. Let's look at the source of evil, evil which uh, John 8 and 42, I'm not going to read, but just going to refer to it, that tells us that Satan is evil. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? In other words, if we're going to start talking about who is evil and what is evil, well, we just, I'm just going to tell you, we live in an evil world. We could just sum it up and skip most of this. We live in an evil world. Now, people say, well, I watched that, but, you know, it's, it doesn't really affect me. No, that's evil. We're living in an evil world. When your children, folks, listen, when your children are not safe, because of the culture that we live in, when you have to be thrilled because the, the murder rate in a city goes down by a few hundred. We're living in an evil generation. And Satan is evil. He's called the devil. And in fact, evil began in him. It began in him. And uh, the Bible calls him the, the father Uh and so the father of, of evil, the father of lies. And so uh, in the order of things, uh, many uh, today are trying to convince uh, people that evil is not evil. Things that are really evil are not evil at all. In fact, I would say I can't think of a culture. I can't think of a culture in the history of the world that has begun to make this claim 
that really almost anything is okay. They even defend murderers. I used to say murder was the one thing, the holdout, but no longer because we're living in a day when people will defend murderers over uh, anything else. So uh, we're in a day when people are, let's just say they're confused about what evil is. And, uh, and so Satan's ways are evil and he works in people. He works in our society. And so, and so it is. Um, and Second Timothy uh, three thirteen. If you could turn with me, let's go there, and uh, we're going to look at just a couple things here in Second Timothy chapter three and verse thirteen. Let's go back to verse uh, verse twelve. Let's look at that. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. What? Persecution. Okay, some of you are there. All right, so all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So you can see here they're linking, uh, Paul is linking <clears throat> deception and evil. In fact, the whole point of evil is that the deception is that there's nothing wrong with it, that uh, cursing is fine. Everything's fine. Uh, anything you want to do is fine. Uh, there's there's there simply is no moral code whatsoever. That's the world in which we live. But of course, they know better because, listen, folks, let me tell you something. When someone murders somebody there, when someone murders a child before it's born, they pay a price for that. Pretending that they don't is, is just pretense. But we live in an, the evil day. We live in an evil day. And uh, that is the end time. Everybody say praise the Lord. So uh, Paul reminds Timothy that he learned the Bible. Look at verse 15. That's why I'm going back. And from a child thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures. In other words, he began to learn the Bible from his childhood. And let's keep reading that, which are able, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make the what? Wise. So it is that while we live in an evil world, there is, a, there is true wisdom. And of course, there, listen, folks, there is a heaven. There is a heaven. And I wouldn't play games. I wouldn't say, well, who, who, I don't know who to believe. Just believe the Bible. Don't say, well, I don't have to believe half the Bible. That's the greatest deception that there could possibly be when the answer to getting to heaven is God's word and then we ignore God's word. Someone said, well, I don't know who to believe because, you know, so-and-so says this. And Well, just believe the Bible. I mean, okay, so you don't like what I say. Believe the Bible. Praise God, it's able to make thee wise. Now let's go on down. We're going to skip verse 16. That the man of God may be what? Perfect. Everybody say praise the Lord. So if you want goodness, then you have to uh, have the word of God. In other words, the opposite of evil is good. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. All right, let's go back. Everybody, come on, thumb back. I don't like having to do this but we could we can manage it for one service or two uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9 2 and verse 9 I'm, I'm thumbing through and I have I actually had the scriptures back there but um, here we go so they were in the garden here of Eden and they were forbidden to eat of the tree of what of knowledge of what good and evil that's not a fairy tale. I was talking to someone the other day. Uh, wanted to know how someone with a Ph.D. could believe in such fairy tales. I said, well, I didn't have to have a Ph.D. to believe in it. I believed in it long before that. Uh, well, but how could anybody believe that? Well, how can you believe that you have no soul? How can you believe that? See, I usually if we're going to engage on some topic, we'll we'll just get right in there. All right, you don't believe in the fairy tale of Genesis chapter 2. In other words, you don't believe in Adam and Eve. You believe we came from what? I guess a monkey or a monkey's <laughs> uh, 
No, I, uh, let me get back to this. Sorry. So uh, they were forbidden to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he, and to him, that was a fairy tale. And I said, well, um, how can you believe that you don't have a soul? That you're just like a dog or a cat or a mule or a, just any animal. That you're, how can you believe that you're just another animal? Look around. You know good and well we're not just another animal. When's the last animal you saw building a skyscraper or flying an airplane? You know good and well that it's not true. But the knowledge of good, everybody say praise the Lord. The knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. Now, first of all, uh, so, uh, so in other words, the, the very fundamentals is to know the difference between good and evil. Someone said, well, you don't even believe you can chew gum. I, I don't know why people say that, but they say that because I, I don't do this or I don't do that. And I'll say, well, I, that, that's a sin. That's a sin. That right there, that's a sin. Like someone cussed right in my face the other day. They didn't know I was a preacher, but and I said that that uh, uh, don't, please don't talk like that in front of me. Why? 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 Well, because I well, for one thing, I'm a preacher. Oh, oh, well, I'm a deacon. They say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hallelujah. I said, well, I don't care who you are, but I'm just saying, you know, let's keep the conversation a little, little more mellow here. <clears throat> and so the very basic is to know the difference between good and evil. And so we can be delivered from evil. Now, 1 John 5, 19, if you don't leave Genesis, I want to stay here a minute, but it, you don't even have to turn over there, but I want to read something to you that you may not have thought about in a while. And I know this is going to take a little while because I'm having to literally walk little teeny baby steps to teach this lesson. But I believe it's the will of God. Deliver us from evil. If we've ever needed to be delivered from evil, it is the day in which we live. Now, 1 John 5.19. Now listen to what it says. I'm going to read just maybe six words. And, and so I'm not reading the whole verse, obviously. <clears throat> and what I'm trying to demonstrate is that sin, or we could say the word even evil, because evil is sin, but not all sin is total. For example, it's a sin if someone were to steal one item. Okay. And that leads to evil, of course, because you begin with one little item that leads down the road. Next thing you know, you're, you killed somebody for their uh, tennis shoes or something. But my point, though, is that if you just stole the little thing right there and, and then that just that you might not think of that as evil. OK, anybody with me so far? In other words, some little boy, a little girl, something uh, tells a lie. Oh, that's evil. Folks, listen, there's no comparison to a little boy lying about something and Adolf Hitler killing out the Jewish race. One is atrocity and evil beyond the imagination and the other is a sin. We wouldn't compare them. If you do, then you're, well, then you, we're not talking to you. We're talking to people that know the difference between a little boy telling a little lie and Hitler killing out an entire race of people or anybody else. Let me tell you something, my friend. There is evil in this world, and God has given the church the right to deliver people from that evil. Praise God. We're not talking about some little boy telling a lie. Uh, well, uh, little boys just tell lies or whatever. Someone said boys will be boys and, and on and on, and, and the ex we start all the excuses. All right, here we go. The point I'm trying to make, and I'm looking at 1 John, I'm trying to get there, is that sin controls the entire world. Okay? Someone says, why, why is there all this racism? Well, that's easy. It's because of sin. Because sin is controlling the whole world. Someone said, why do people, uh, they say they're not racist, but in the back of mind, they really are racist. Why is that? Because of sin that controls people's hearts and minds. If you're going to be delivered from racism or anything else that is evil, you have to have the power of God. And I don't mean by that, that unless you're a Christian, you couldn't you have to be a racist because you might live by truth and and never be saved there are a lot of people live by truth that are not saved they followed their mother's ways they followed what was righteous they never were saved themselves so no, no i'm not suggesting that only christians are good people 
I'm trying to suggest to you that the entire world is in the control of sin. Now, let me read the King James. The world, I'm sorry, the whole world. Is anybody there? I want you to follow me. Keep me straight here. The whole world lieth in wickedness. I can hardly read my own writing. The whole world. Everyone say the whole world. Okay. You say that sounds really negative. You better believe it. I'm teaching on evil. I'm teaching about evil. Where does it come from? The whole world lies in wickedness. Now, the word lieth is very interesting. I was thinking about it even, well, today, obviously, I'm going to, uh, I'm talking about this scripture, but I'm, I'm only referring to it for a moment. But, it's, uh, but the fact of the matter is the entire world, all, I don't care if they're the sweetest people you ever knew, they are not able to escape their lost condition. Because the entire world is fallen into sin and lies in the grip or let's say lies in the power or in the hand of Satan. And so that by Genesis 6 and Noah's day. Now, let's go back. Genesis 6 and 5. Remember, I told you to try to hold on to that or you can just turn flip, flip, flip. It's fine with me. All right. But try to try to look up as many scriptures as you can. Now, I'm going to read this from a, another translation. The Lord, verse five, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Okay. The whole world lies in wickedness. Someone said, well, yeah, but there's just, you know, you're being way too negative. You're you're suggesting that uh, everything is bad. Because, you know, what's happened in our day is people are now trying to reverse things and say, well, uh, there's murder and all these things. But it all it, it, religion is the problem. We don't if we didn't have any religion, we could just do what we want. Everybody be happy, which is, of course, a great lie. Folks, let's look around us. Uh, the problems we're having are not because Hindus are peaceful and Christians believe in love. No, no, no. That's not why we're having these problems in this world. The reason we're having problems in this world is because of evil and because of sin. And sin destroys. And so God, of course, sent the flood and Noah built the boat and so on. Now, Jesus referred to his day in <clears throat> Matthew uh, chapter 12, you don't have to turn there, but let me, let me mention it. So Jesus, so we jump from way back at Genesis. Uh, let me read it again. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Hmm. Then in Jesus day, uh, he referred to his day and to his enemies who were the we'll just leave that alone for a moment. Um, I'm going to read. I think this is Matthew 16 and six as a wicked and adulterous generation. Jesus referred to his own day, which, by the way, I mean, as wicked as that the Roman and Greek culture was. I mean, that was almost like Sunday school picnic compared to the, the world that we're living in. A wicked and adulterous generation, which in, in verse four, Jesus said this kind of a generation wants proof in signs that they can evaluate. In other words, they're not going to believe anything unless you give them a sign to look at. And Jesus said there shall no sign be given unto it. And four times Jesus called. Does anybody remember the other famous line? I'm, I'm purposely going back and bringing these back to our memory. Jesus referred to his generation as a generation. Four times. I've looked it up today just to see. Looked it up in the Greek to see how many times did Jesus call them this. A generation of vipers. <clears throat> he was teaching us by saying that, that if we think like the world, then we will become like the world. 
if we allow evil to become uh, uh, acceptable, then it will become a part of us. Peter preached to the generation of the at the first Pentecost. Everyone say Pentecost. Acts 2.40. Don't have to turn there. It's, it's well known enough. Save yourselves from what? What's the King James say? We, we surely would know. What is it? Save yourselves from this untoward. Now, I, I, I was asking myself a question. How many people would know what untoward means? See? Um, now, I personally, if I just heard the English word untoward, um, well, I'm not sure that I know. I mean, I think that it might mean something <laughs> Uh, or other, but but I don't have to know the, the English word because I know the Greek word. And the Greek word is a, a very common word, skalios. Skalios is a Greek word that means, in its first meaning, crooked. Can you say that? Crooked. What do you, if someone? If you look at someone and you say he's crooked, what do you think? Do you think he's all been over? Okay, how many have ever heard of, now please don't be offended, uh, Lord, maybe I shouldn't even say this. Um, We'll just blame it on, we don't have screens. Um, How many have ever heard of scoliosis? Okay, scoliosis means a curvature. That's what the Greek word means. When you say, and I know people that do and and, and so on, Uh, I've known many people that do, Um, their, their spine curves and sometimes in more than one way, but uh, it, it, there's a curvature that can be quite painful and requires surgery. I know someone right this minute that n- desperately needs a surgery for scoliosis. And the word scoliosis is a Greek word, which means crooked or curved. You could say it that way. <clears throat> but for every word that has a meaning such as crooked, there is what we might call a secondary meaning to a, a word. If you say that someone is Let's say, now think with me, you look at someone, well, you wouldn't do this, of course, but I mean, let's say we did, let's say you, <laughs> let's say we just did it just to be, to learn a little something. All right, and you, I said, he's crooked. What would you think that meant? It's dishonest. That's exactly right. I was waiting to hear that a little bit louder. That, and so the word, uh, uh, skalios in Greek means to be dishonest. And that is what, that is what the apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Save yourselves from this dishonest generation that thinks it can be okay without its God. You need God. And the Holy Ghost fell like rain upon them. Praise God. Because it can also mean dishonest or unscrupulous. You can see that there are many words that are basically the same word we uh, could use them an unscrupulous generation and that's what the time of pentecost was like now so so we've looked at a the entire world is lies in wickedness the bible says or li- lies lieth in wickedness or evil those words are practically identical uh and and that's because of satan or the devil also demons are evil and the Bible sometimes calls them, what's another word for demons? Evil what? Evil spirits. In fact, it's quite common. If you, uh, uh, you have to beware and be very, very careful because God can withdraw protection and send an evil spirit. Now, this is troubling to some, and I can tell right now, I can just sense it in the spirit. In fact, I'm I'm trying to hurry, but I can sense it in the Holy Ghost that this bothers people to think. Now, I want you to think with me here. 1 Samuel 16. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn there, do it. Uh, I believe it's verse 14. That God can send an evil spirit, meaning, of course, that he opens the door for that spirit to go where it needs to go. In other words, what I what I think of this as is he removes his protection. Now, church, I know this is a, I'm 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 veering just a tad off, but I do feel this in the Holy Ghost, and I and I want I want us to lift our hands and let's ask God to help us to be very very careful as we walk. We need to be delivered from evil. I'm not going to open my heart to it, oh God. I pray that my soul, my spirit, my heart, Lord, will always be what it needs to be. Hallelujah. I want to resist evil. I don't want to open my heart to it. 
I praise you, God. Now, some of you don't like it, so I'm, I'm going to move on. But, but you have to be very, very careful. You might be surprised what people are opening their hearts to. And so we're going to talk about Saul. Saul's evil. Actually, Saul's evil was in the form of disobedience to God. He thought he was so cool that he could just disregard God and God would still give him the credit. And God finally said, okay, Saul, that's your last time. You are not disobeying me one more time. You are no longer going to be king. So what, I'm, what am I saying? There are many, many people that reach a place where they are so arrogant. They are so pompous. They are so popular. They are so rich. They are so cool that they no longer think that God has to, uh, that they need to be obedient to God. Now, someone said, well, there are a lot of disobedient people that don't obey God. Yes, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about someone that was king of Israel. You should have known better. You should have never opened your heart to that. And Saul, the Bible says, now look at verse 14. I really need a reader. Brother French, is there a second mic? If you can find a second mic, I'm probably, the only way I'm going to get through even half of this is with a reader. All right, so, uh, so Saul's evil brought an evil spirit upon himself, which controlled, and verse, does 14 say troubled him? Uh, departed and, from the, and troubled him, yes. Is that verse 14? And the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So here's Saul. You know, David and Jonathan. Jonathan was Saul's son. They were, they were knit together. Their hearts were literally, the scriptures says it this way, so I'm saying it that way. Their hearts were knit together. They were so close. They were literally, uh, and, and Jonathan would have been king, but because of Saul's evil, it brought about. So I want to tell you something. You need to listen to me. I'm talking to you tonight. Oh, hallelujah. You need to be very careful for your children's sake. Don't allow evil to enter into your life because there is an evil beyond your own doing. Saul's evil he thought he could control, but he could not control the evil spirit that came into him and upon him. Someone told me one time years ago, they, they were pretty smart folks, and they were saying, well, that, oh, that wasn't really an evil spirit. That was just a psychological breakdown. And I said, well, how, how do you know that? Did you meet, when did you meet Saul? That's got bubbly in it. Do you all know that? All right. Um, that was a shock. <coughs> so Saul, let's get to a, a little closer to a scripture here. So Saul was the chosen king, yet he opened himself up to an evil spirit. And the Bible says that David had to play the harp. And when he played the harp, the evil spirit would leave him. And someone told me, quite intelligent, they knew about psychology, that they interpret that to mean he had a psychological disorder. I said, well, what about this? And I don't have a degree in psychology. I have a degree in ancient language. But what if his evil spirit presented itself like he had a mental disorder? What if you couldn't tell the difference? What if an evil spirit came into him and made him so vile that he wanted to murder people and it was actually a demon? Folks, I want to tell you, we're dealing with demons all over the place. And folks are thinking, well, it's this or no. Let me tell you, I, I, what people do out there, we can cast out the devil. But what you need to be careful of is not opening yourself up to something that is an evil spirit. Can you say praise the Lord? Jesus himself healed people. The Bible says he healed people of evil spirits. 
Luke 8, if you don't believe it, look it up later. I don't have time to go into it. He healed people. I take that to mean, of course, that even if it is an evil spirit that you've received, that you need a healing that brings, of course, that, that's called a deliverance. You need a deliverance. Whatever it is, hope tonight, you may have loved ones that the devil is trying to block their way from heaven. You better not give in to that. You better stay, keep your heart open. Acts chapter 19, the Bible says. Now, you might want to turn there. I'm going to read uh, 16 and 17. Acts 19. So here we go. One more. And I'm trying to get the Psalms. And I don't want to take this watch. But someone, Brother Finch, did you end up with the, are you turning to every scripture? All right. All right. Acts chapter 19, verse 16. Now, I'm not quite ready for that. Uh, but the Bible says that an evil spirit leaped. Uh, I don't know if that's currently correct English. I can't, I don't know my leaped and leapt and whatever. Is leapt a word, Sister French? No. You think it is? It seems to me like leapt, he leapt. But that could be, we, we might have looked that up sometime when we're not in front of a bunch of people. All right, so uh, an evil spirit, the King James says, leaped upon the sons of Siva. And the, this was an evil spirit. And read verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. All right. It overcame them. I would say overcame them. Oh, oh, it overcame them. And it did what? Prevailed. It prevailed them. against them. So that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Yes, that's scary stuff. That ought to, you say, Brother Finch, why are you doing that? Because it's the word of God. I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, that I don't want to be bothered by that because I don't want to think about that. Well, it's about time you begin to think about the fact that you can be delivered if you allow God to deliver you. You've got to be open to deliverance. Let's read verse 17. Here we go. Brother French, verse 17. And this was known and, to all the Jews. Okay. Is that 17? Okay, keep going. Also dwelling at Ephesus. Okay. And fear fell on them all. It fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And the name of the Lord, keep going. I must have written down the wrong verse. Keep going. And many that believed came and confessed. Oh, and they confessed. And showed their deeds. All right, what's the end of 16? Is it end with wounded? So that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Okay, where's the, what verse says... And the story of what happened, where is, where is it that it spread throughout Ephesus? What verse is that? Is that 17? The Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. Yes. And fear fell on them all. And the name oh, I, 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 I wrote it down from another translation. And, and let me read it. And the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. In other words, it scared them. A solemn fear descended on the city and the name of Jesus was uh, what's the King James say magnified was magnified. Why don't we magnify the name of Jesus right now? Could we do that? Father, we thank you. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord that's here. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will will uh, have a solemnity about it, that we that we can think about, Lord, that how important it is to 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 be delivered from evil. Praise God. The prophecy of Jonah to evil Nineveh, that it would be destroyed, resulted in repentance. Jonah 3 and verse 8 says, cry mightily unto God, yes or yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. Can you say amen? Now, let's begin in Psalms. I don't know how many Psalms I'll get to, but let's, let's spend a few minutes in Psalms before I look at a clock and... and and regret that I kept going. All right, so here we go. Psalm 17. Brother Finch, uh, we're going to stay in the Psalms. Just, just I, I don't think I've got very many, uh, uh, any other versions. It's just the King James. All right, so now we're going to look at a prayer. Everyone say a prayer for deliverance. Everyone say that. A prayer for Deliverance. So we're beginning at Psalm 17, and we're going to walk our way through the Psalms, and then I'm going to 25. We're going to skip through the Psalms just as much as I can get in here. All right, Psalm 17 and 12. Let's begin there. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey. All right, like as a lion that is greedy of his prey. 
And as it were a young lion, as it were a young lion lurking in secret lurking places. in secret places. What are we talking about? Evil. Evil lurks behind the television set. It lurks behind the song. It lurks in the words of some, some famous actor somewhere. And like a lion that is greedy of its prey. Verse 13. Arise, O Lord. Arise, O Lord. Disappoint him. Disappoint him. Cast him down. Cast him down. Everybody say disappoint him. It's okay to love someone yet uh, to love someone and yet pray for their plans of evil to be destroyed. How many know it's okay to pray against evil even though you love the person? So he prayed, disappoint him and cast him down. It's time for the church to believe in deliverance from evil. Praise God. Keep going. Okay, whatever's left there in verse 13. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy... And, and deliver my soul from the wicked. All right, that's, that's good enough. So uh, it, when evil uh, is seen in any context, we must pray that God will disappoint that person and cast them down. That is this lion that is lurking in someone's soul. So to be cast down, uh, that is from... Uh, the secret place of deception. Uh, some translations call this the, the secret places translated the ambush. In other words, a secret place meaning they're hiding to get you. And that's what the devil does. He doesn't tell young people. So we're, what we're seeing in our day is children are being exposed to evil at such young ages they don't even know what they're being exposed to. And somebody's going to pay for it. Because judgment day is around the corner. Hey, I tell you what I believe. I think the church is getting ready to be raptured out of here. We're going to be gone by the millions. Praise God. And the devil's out there trying to ambush, trying to ambush you and your life. All right. Um, so the Bible tells us to uh, Lord, arise, O Lord, disappoint them and cast them down. One translation says stand against them or confront them. And so it is in another translation translates this, bring them to their knees. So here's what we need to do. I want us to pray. I want you to ask God to help us right now in any evil circumstance that maybe someone you know right now is about to make a mistake. I want you to pray that God will cast them down in Jesus' name. Lord, we come against every evil. We ask, Lord, the Holy Ghost will give us hope and faith. And that, Lord, we can stand for righteousness. Lord, in a dark hour, let light shine all about us. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. So the way, so now I'm going to comment for a minute here. I'm going to jump into Psalm 25. The way to defeat evil with love is to seek God's involvement in stopping their evil. You don't ignore evil. Boy, that was a resounding amen. When you ignore evil, you are contributing to evil. You pray for wisdom and humility to escape the ambush. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here. There are some folks, I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now, somebody you love right now, there's been an ambush set for them. I want us to pray right now against that ambush in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for that young person that may think that they ought to rendezvous with someone or somehow there's, they, they, they think it's innocent, but the devil has it set as an ambush. And we come against that right now. Now, God told the children of Israel in Exodus, the Lord shall fight for you. Can you say that with me? The Lord shall fight for you against the Egyptians. Praise God. In fact, that's told many times. Okay, now let's go to um, uh, Psalm 25. Uh, let's begin. Uh, I want to go to verse 21st, um, and let's begin there. Brother French, help me out. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. All right. Uh, so did you read? I, I'm what did I say? I mean, verse 20. That didn't sound like 20, but let's try it again. Maybe I missed it. Oh, keep my soul. And oh, keep me. my soul and deliver me. Everybody say that. Oh, keep my soul and deliver, and deliver me. So everyone say keep, which, of course, means guard, guard my soul. So if you're going to defeat evil, you have to guard your soul. If you don't guard your soul, then what are you going to guard? Why would you guard your diamonds and not your soul? Somebody needs to tell me why you would guard your television screen, but you wouldn't guard the soul of your children. You need to guard against evil. Guard your son. 
Guard the hearts of those that, are, that you love and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Now, verse 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Yes, because I wait for thee. So let integrity and uprightness preserve me. When I stand for truth and holiness, God stands for me. When you stand for holiness, God stands for you. Praise God. Let's clap our hands and thank God for it. All right, now, let's keep going. Verse 14, let's read. All right, everybody, let's do this. How many have your Bibles open? Okay, Brother Fritch is going to read, and I want you to read with him. Here we go, verse 14, then I'll read 15. We're going to skip. I want to read a few verses. Here we go. The secret of the Lord is with them. Okay, that was pitiful. All right, now, let's try it again. What I want you to do is I want you to read verse 14 out loud with him. Let's just, it's just a little, since we don't have anything else, let's just do this. Here we go. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. All right, now I want to read verse 15, but, but I don't want to go too fast. All right, so the, what is the secret of the Lord? I couldn't, I couldn't hear that, but that sounded like an answer. The secret, all right, let's read it again. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, all right? So what is the secret of the Lord? So, and, and there's several really interesting possibilities, but I'm going to suggest that when God gets involved, what the secret of the Lord is, is the counsel that you need from God. When you lift your hand and you say, how many ever heard of the secret place of the Most High? I will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. When you get into the place, the secret place of God, all of a sudden you're hearing the counsel of God. Woo! Somebody's hearing today the counsel, the secret of the Lord, because you fear God. All right, I'm going to read verse 15, and then you read 16. Here we go. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Verse 16. Turn thee unto me. Yes. And have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. All right. So God turns his favor toward you when you feel abandoned. And you feel alone. Turn thee unto me. It would say, turn thee. So it's a prayer. It's a, well, I hadn't told you, but this is a prayer uh, to, that I'm trusting in God's faithfulness. Can we just lift our hands and thank God for his faithfulness right now? Father, right now we're reading Psalm 25. We haven't read it in many years. But here we are thinking about how you turn, Lord, toward me when I love righteousness. And, I, and I, even though I'm not perfect and I'm a sinner saved by grace, you turn toward me, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you call my name out, Jesus. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Now read verse 18. Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. I'm going to read 19. Consider mine enemies. Everyone say that. Consider mine enemies. That's really another way of saying, Lord, I need you to count. I don't mean that technically, but I need you to count all my enemies here. For they are many and they hate me with cruel hatred. So they, they fight with hatred, but we fight with love. Can you say praise the Lord? All right, let's skip that. Now let's go on. Verse, uh, Psalm 31. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, we're going to do a few more. Everybody say praise the Lord. How many love the word of God tonight? Okay, we just need a few more Psalms. We're going to look at how to be delivered from evil. Now, Psalm 31, Brother French, you're going to read verse 1, and you're going to read with him. I'm, I'm hoping we can get a little more robust reading here. And then I'm going to read verse 2. But this is a prayer that of trusting God to deliver by upholding the truth. Praise God. In other words, to deliver me into the truth or through truth. Anybody here glad that you've been uh, you've received the revelation of the truth in your life and you know who he is? You know who Jesus is now. Uh, okay, uh, then we're going to jump into 37. Let's read just a little bit here. Brother French, read verse 1, and let's all read it together. In, In thee, O Lord, Lord, do I put, put my, my trust. trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Everyone say, never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I don't have to be ashamed. Let me never be ashamed, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Deliver me. And I'm going to read verse 2. Bow down thine ear to me. Can you say that? 
bow down thine ear to me. So I'm going to look at number one, therefore, is we've got to believe that he hears us. Does anybody believe he hears us? Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. So you've got to believe that he's strong enough to be your defense. Praise God. I feel like we got some folks here tonight that believe that God is able to defend them against their enemies. Can we just clap our hands and thank him for it? Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. Now we're all going to read verse 3. Brother French, lead us in verse 3. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Amen. Now let's jump down to verse 17. I'm going to read verse 17. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Brother French, hold on. I'm going to read. I'm going to get out of verse 31. Here we go. Let's begin in verse 17. Just follow along. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord. How many notice that's the second time we've heard that? For I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Let the wicked be the ones that are ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness. I'm going to skip down to 20. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Does anybody here believe that God is bigger than any uh well, I'm thinking of the song the kids sing. I'm sorry. Doesn't it say bigger than the boogeyman? Okay, well, that's a great song, but we don't normally sing that here, uh, but we do sing it with the kids at home. Uh, God is bigger than the boogeyman, uh, and, and so it is. All right, now we're going to go down to verse 23. Let's read it together. Here we are, verse 23. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. He rewards the humble and the proud. When someone is full of pride and they think they don't need God and they're arrogant, they have a reward coming just like a humble servant of God has. Evil will be repaid. Now, folks, listen. We must believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 37. Brother French, you read it for us. Read all. Uh, read verse. Uh, <laughs> read verse. Uh, um, Read verse 6. Start in verse 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. All right. I'm going to read it from another translation just because I wanted you to see it. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Hallelujah. Can we just thank the Lord for that? I'm going to read verse 7 and I'm from a different translation. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Everyone say, be patient. We must wait upon the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And everyone said, amen. All right, let's go to Psalm 59. A couple more Psalms. Here we go. Psalm 59. So this is David's psalm uh, when Saul was trying to kill him. Let's just summarize it real quick like that. Uh, and so he calls the, uh, those that tried to kill him the workers of evil, the workers of iniquity. In verse uh, 2, I believe it is. But let's go to verse 3. Brother French, read verse 3. Here we go. For lo, for lo they lie in wait for my soul. They lie in wait for what? My soul. It's the soul that they're after. Keep reading. The mighty are gathered against me. Yes. Not for my transgression. Not because I've done anything wrong, but they're after my soul. They have no just cause. They're after the souls of men and women. Let's read verse four. Let's skip down. They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Yeah, that is even though I'm innocent. All right. Go to verse five. Thou, therefore, O Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel. Yes. Awake to visit all the heathen. Okay. 
Be not merciful to okay. any wicked. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Some of you are not awake, but I'm still going to teach it. All right? Verse 5 says that he prays against the evildoer. Let's say, let me give you an example. Everybody, everybody say with me. I, I don't have much longer. I'm not going to go much longer. All right, let's say you're, I'm going to look around here. Okay, you're in a, you're in a, uh, a Walmart. And a man runs up and grabs a child. That's it's your child and starts to run out. What are you going to do? Say, well, there went my child. And if you were going to do that, don't don't admit it here in public. All right. But you understand what I'm saying? No, no, no. What you're going to do. I'm telling you what. If, I'm going to tell you what would happen if that were Sister French and that were her child. And the man runs in and he's six foot seven. She would be. She can barely run. I mean, I can outrun her in almost any. If, if, if you ever outrun me in any race. Never outrun me in any race. I can run like the wind. But if someone grabbed her child in aisle three and ran for the door, she would go after him. And he would rue the day that he laid his hand on that child. Why? Because that would be the most blatant display of evil that you have ever seen. Trying to take an innocent one. So why am I using that as an example? Because when you pray against the evildoer, let's, let's think of that evildoer as the one we're praying against. All right? What are we to pray? Be not merciful, merciful to any what? Wicked, Wicked transgressors. transgressors. Selah. That's what we must pray against evil. You don't pray, oh, Lord, I hope all the wicked are just blessed and they can just be more blessed. You know what I'm praying? Every one of these songwriters that are telling young people to commit adultery, I'm praying that God will bring them down. I'm praying God come against it. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. I Here's what I'm praying. I read about some folks that are making a billion dollars on their music. Lord, I come against their music right now. I pray you fill them. I pray they'll walk in our doors. The Holy Ghost will fall, and they'll get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, and they'll never sing such garbage again in their lives, and they'll have to go out there and say, well, uh, my name is, uh, they've usually got very weird names. Let's say Seely Lolly. I'm Seely Lolly, and I've been singing about adultery for years, but I'm never writing another song about adultery because I've received the Holy Ghost and I spoke in other tongues and I'm not going to dress right, live right. I'm going to go to church every time. Hey, now, that's what I'm praying. You say, that's crazy. It's not going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But you can pray against evildoers. Do not be merciful. And I'm going to come against this because I know what's happening in your spirit. Because it's the same thing happens in my spirit. Because my spirit wants to say, Lord, oh, oh, be merciful to him. Be merciful, Lord. And even my own heart, I said, Lord, I, I have a hard time with this. I, I know they're evil, but I want to be merciful. And the Lord, you know what he told me? You be merciful as you want to be. But I will not be merciful to their evil. You have a human heart and I do not. I am not required to be sentimental about wicked transgressors. Read verse 12. Let's go. Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride. Yeah, let them. Is the word even in there? Yes. Let them, let them even be taken in their pride. Taken uh, in their pride. That means, of course, captured. What, what the point, of course, is that uh, their evil actually ends up destroying them. That, that, that is the point. It destroys them. They can't find happiness. Someone said, money will make you happy, but money can't make you happy. Someone said, if I had all that money, I'd be happy too. No, you wouldn't. No, money cannot make you happy. It doesn't make anybody happy. Money cannot make you happy. may give you things. may make you have some uh, thrills here and there, but it's not going to make you happy. I'm going to tell you, folks, the idea that money can make people happy. Some of the poorest people. Did you ever know somebody that was poor? We used to talk this way. I don't know where we got it. Poor as Job's turkey. And as happy as they could be, just as happy as they could be, money doesn't make you happy. The, the, their pride captures them and destroys them. So 
They're led by pride, but God's people are led by humility. Church, we need to be humble before God. And we need to say we're going to overcome evil and deliver people from evil, not because we're prideful. All right, let's go to Psalm uh, 70, verse 1. Make haste, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Verse 2, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward. Everyone say backward. backward. Turned backward. And I want to spend some time in there and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Here's how you're to pray against evildoers. I'm, I'm giving you David's response to evil intentions. It, so let's take it that it's the person that says, um, I'm going to grab someone's child and you'll never see their child again. Do you know how many children? I'm going to say this. I wanna, I'm going to put my head down. I can't say this. Do you know how many children are missing right now in America? You care to know? Hey, you say that's too negative. Yes, I realize it. But my point is that, that, that we're living in a country where we are not only murdering the unborn, we cannot find literally millions of kids. Someone said, well, that's their dad got them. And, and no, 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 no. There are plenty of dads taking their kids and trying to solve some problems. But there are many, 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 many. In fact, we live right now in a state where one of the main, uh, you know, we got an election coming up or primary or something. And, and the, the one thing I keep hearing is one of the, I don't even know his name. I don't want to know his name. Uh, I'm not interested in knowing his name, even though he's running for something. <clears throat> and But the one thing on his campaign, I hear it every time I turn the radio on, is he's going to end sex trafficking. I keep hearing it. And I thought, well, he must be brave. Folks, just think of a day when we have to run on a campaign that we're going to somehow end all of this abducting of little children and, and nobody knows where they end up and why they're there. Folks, we're living in an hour when uh, the evil intentions are all about us. But God says pray against it. Pray against it. Let them be ashamed and confounded. Hallelujah. Let them be confounded. You know what happened when the, when the uh, Egyptians tried to stop the children of God? God said, go right on through. I've got to do something. Where are you headed? I'm going to knock the wheels off their chariots. I'm getting ready to knock the wheels off of their chariots. That's what confounding means. I'm going to make them say, what happened? How did all these wheels come off of all these wonderfully built, famous chariots of the Pharaoh? Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, aha. Now, one final psalm, Psalm 91. Let's stand. We're going to read Psalm 91, and we're going to be dismissed. He that dwelleth. Could we read this? I'm going to let you. Come on, let's stand. Standing means we're going home. So that maybe that'll help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's read verse one together. And then I'll read a little bit. And then I'll have you read another one just to kind of keep you awake till we can finally get that final dismissal. So this is God's promise of protection from evil. Everyone say praise the Lord. So Psalm 91. Let's read it together. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can we lift our hands and thank God for it? Lord, there's a shelter. There's a place of protection. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Does everyone know what a buckler is? I mean, no, it's, we hear it a lot in the Bible. Does anybody know what a buckler is? Do you think you know what a buckler is? He's our shield, okay. The buckler is what? 
It's some type of armor. It's a protective, the buckler is a protective armor, which is thought to have gone across the mid area. And so he's my shield and he is my buckler. Everybody glad that he's our protection? Praise God. He's our spiritual covering. Let's pray a spiritual covering over our loved ones right now. Father, I thank you because you have promised us, Lord, to deliver us from evil, to touch our children, our loved ones, oh God. Like David played the harp, worship can make a difference. And we give you praise for it. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee these evil things are not going to touch you. They may fall everywhere but you have a God that is your buckler hallelujah only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation hallelujah there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet let's read uh, verse 14 together shall we because he hath set his love upon me therefore will i deliver him i will set him on high because he hath known my name He's going to lift you up because you praise his name. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could praise his name for just a second here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm unworthy, but you made me worthy. You gave me hope and peace. I refuse to be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Hallelujah. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Let's clap our hands and give him the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, deliver us. Deliver us, Lord, from evil. Let us be children, Lord, of righteousness. And, Lord, in our imperfection, may we know you and be like you more every day is our prayer. Let's bow our heads, Father.